Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. All right, a uh, wonderful evening to everyone who's tuned in today. Uh, it's a special day. It's healing class, part four, and we're going to finish what we started concerning developing an image of longevity. And I'm trusting the Lord that great grace will be administered, that the life of Christ will be ministered to you. And at the end of um, today's study, I'll be ministering and praying for the sick. And so I'd like you to um, get your faith up, praise God, and get your heart ready to receive. Let's pray and let's get into the word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive and together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ there will be just the administration of the healing anointing tonight. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Let's, let's turn to Luke chapter 13. Praise God. Luke chapter 13. And we are going to start up from verse 16. Or we will start from verse 10. But you remember, we started dealing with developing an image of longevity. Developing an image of longevity. And we said that God's word tells us that we can live long. God's word tells us that we can live long. It is the will of God for us to live long. It's the heart of God for us to live long. Praise God. Now, let's go to Luke chapter 13 and verse 10. And Jesus was teaching. Now, tonight, we are emphasizing the promises of God's word will sustain you. The promises of God's word will sustain you. The promises of God's word will sustain you. Praise God. Now, go to Luke chapter 13 and verse 10. And he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. That's Jesus was teaching. And there was a woman who for 18 years had a sickness caused by a spirit. So you realize that the sickness of this woman was caused by a spirit. It wasn't just a natural cause, right? It was caused by a spirit. And she was bent double and could not straighten up at all. She was bent double and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your sickness. Woman, you are freed from your sickness. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made erect again. And began glorifying God. But the synagogue officials, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, began saying to the crowd in response, There are six days in which work should be done, so come during then and get healed, and not on the Sabbath day. You see, religious people. But the Lord answered and said, You hypocrites! Does not each one of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead him away to water? And this woman, now observe this, a daughter of Abraham as she is, whom Satan has bound 
for 18 long years, should she not have been released from this bond on the Sabbath day? As he said this, all his opponents were being humiliated and the entire crowd was rejoicing over all the glorious things being done. Now, I want you to observe, the Bible says in verse 12, that when Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your sickness. Now, the verse 11 tells us that this sickness was cursed by a spirit. That this sickness was caused by a spirit. Now, when you go to verse, verse 16, Jesus said, This woman is the daughter of Abraham. And Satan has bound her for 18 years. 18 long years. So, I want you to observe that Jesus connects the fact that this woman was sick. And it was the spirit of infirmity. And that it was the source of that sickness was Satan. Are you following this? Come on, come on, follow me now. Are you following this now? Yeah. So, Jesus said, a sickness was caused by spirit. It tells us the source of that spirit. It says, it's Satan. Satan has bound her. That's why in Acts chapter... Come on, go with me now. Come here. Acts chapter 10. And uh, praise God forevermore. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come with me to Acts chapter 10. And uh, I, I want you to see something here. The scripture talks about Jesus being anointed and going over, verse 38. You know, Acts 10, 38. You know of Jesus of Nazareth. How God anointed him with Holy Spirit and with power. And how he went about doing good and healing all. Healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. So, Paul connects the goodness of God to healing. And connects sickness to oppression. You see, these lines have to be clear in your mind if you want to receive healing. You, 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 cannot, you cannot say, well, I think this sickness, God is using, me to, using it to teach me a lesson. You have me. <laughs> you have your pastor. You have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. You have God's word. We are enough to get you taught. God doesn't need to borrow sickness to, to teach you a lesson. Are, are you following this now? Now, look at this. So, I want you to see that connection. The Spirit was cursed. The spirit caused the sickness, was connected to Satan in verse 16. And in Acts 10, 38, the Bible says, God went about healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So sickness is an oppression of the devil. And the aim of sickness is to cut your life short. Or to cost you. To use all your finances. And, and to try to get yourself healed. So we must see sickness from what it is. For what it is. We must see sickness for what it is. Is that clear? Alright. Now... If you look at this statement of Jesus, come back to verse 16, Acts chapter 13, verse 16. Look at the statement of Jesus. And this woman, a daughter of Abraham, as she is, whom Satan has bound for 18 long years, should she not have been released? It means that, listen, this lady qualifies 
for healing because she's a daughter of Abraham. She's not supposed to be bound. There is a covenant in the east. A covenant this lady is operating in. There is a covenant that's supposed to be at work. She is not supposed to be bound. And, and it's very important because, look at this. This lady was bound and she was still going to the synagogue every day. Glory to God. But the thing right here is this, right? The thing right here, it's very important for you to understand this. The thing right here is this. God wants us to believe healed. Praise God. God wants us to be supernaturally healed. He, he, the covenant contains healing. Glory to God. The covenant contains healing. If you go to Exodus 23 verse 26. Exodus chapter 23. Come with me. Exodus chapter 23. And verse 26. It says, Your women. I'm using the, 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 the literal Hebrew translation. Your women will give birth. To healthy children. Oh, glory to God. And if you are listening to me tonight or watching me tonight, wherever you, whenever you're listening to this message, if you are pregnant, we release this word to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, your women will give birth to healthy children. Can you say amen to that? Praise God. And everyone will live a long life. This was in the covenant. The covenant that they had with God was a covenant of longevity. And when Jesus was talking to this woman and wanted to pray for this woman and lay his hands on this woman, he referred to the covenant. He said, listen, this is the daughter of Abraham. She does not need to be bound. And you have to have that consciousness when it comes to sickness and disease. I'm a child of God. I don't need to be bound by this sickness. I don't need this allergy in my life. I don't need this disease in my life. Glory to God. Why? Because I'm a child of God. Why? Come on, go with me now. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you learning something? Praise God. Let me know if you're learning something. Hallelujah. Go with me to Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13. Christ redeemed us. And that's you and me. Praise God. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the Lord. What is the curse of the Lord? What was the curse of the Lord? Spiritual death, sickness, and poverty. And we've been redeemed from these things. We've been redeemed from these things. Having become a curse for us. So it was the process of identification and substitution. He took our place. Oh, glory to God. He took our place. He bore our sickness. He bore our sickness. He took our place. Praise God. Look at this. Oh, glory to God. Lift your hands and thank Him. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Just the realization that Jesus took my place on that cross and it qualifies me to be a child of God. Praise God forevermore. Oh, thank you, Lord. Man, this is just getting me excited. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the Lord, having become a curse for us, for it is written, curse is everyone who hangs on a tree. Now look at this. In order, in order for, for this benefit, so that he hung on the cross, in order that in Christ, Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come unto the Gentiles, so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Woo! Glory to God! Hallelujah! Glory to God. 
Glory to God. Jesus went on the cross so that we can come into the covenant and receive the blessing of Abraham. So, if Jesus went onto the cross to um, get the blessing, uh, blessing to come upon our life, well, my spirit is excited. <laughs> get the blessing. This, my spirit is loaded with words my mouth can hardly catch up. So, let me breathe now. Ah, glory to God. If Jesus went to the cross so that the blessing of Abraham can come on the Gentiles, and when Jesus walked up into that synagogue and saw that woman bound by the spirit of infirmity, Jesus said, because she is the daughter of Abraham, she doesn't need to be bound. If that was in the old covenant, well, can I tell you, in the new covenant, according to Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6, but now Jesus, our high priest, has been given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood. For he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based on better promises. This covenant is better. The promises is better. And if people lived long and fulfilling age in the old covenant, well, I'm trusting God. If it's a better covenant, then premature death is not part of it. Praise God. If it's a better covenant, then premature death is not part of it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are, are you still here? Now, in the old covenant, they knew that they had a covenant responsibility with God. They, they knew, you know, when I come into a covenant, we don't understand, we, we should have an idea, but many of us don't understand what a covenant is. When I come into a covenant with someone, everything I have belonged to that person, and everything that person has belonged to us. So we had spiritual death and sickness and disease and poverty and lack and Jesus came in and you know God didn't enter a covenant with us. God entered into a covenant with Jesus and if we believe in the sacrifice of Jesus just as Abraham believed the words that Jesus said, that God said to him, he became the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If we believe what God is saying to us, we will become what God says. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. This is good. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, go with me to Luke chapter 2, verse 25. So, we have established that on the covenant, long life was part of the covenant. Okay? And we are now the sons of God. Jesus has brought us into that new covenant, which has got better promises. And Jesus is also the one mediating the covenant. He is the one administrating the covenant. He is the one releasing the benefits of the covenant. Praise God. Okay. Man, I'm telling you, we're going to study long this night. We're already on lockdown already, so you're not going anywhere, right? So it's not like you're rushing to go home, right? Am I right? So just, just relax. Luke chapter 2. Thank you, Father. Luke chapter 2. Go, go with me to Luke chapter 2. And we see that the promises of God are the things that will sustain you. The promises of God. The Word of God. The Word of God is what will sustain you. Go with me to Luke chapter 2. And we read this last week. And it was really nice. It was really nice. Luke chapter 2. Go to verse uh, 21. And when eight days had passed, before his circumcision, his name was then called Jesus. The name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days for their purification according to the Lord Moses was complete, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. 
I want to pause there. Now, I'm, I want to pause that. Because I, I see today, people, and I've taught that, you can get onto our website and get a hold of that message. Should the firstborn be delivered from a curse or something like that? I don't know what the exact title is, but I've taught that. Because people teach right now that the firstborn needs deliverance, he's cursed because of a lot of burden in his life. And so there are people who feel they're specially dedicated to deliver firstborn sons and get them free. That's a lie from the pit of hell. And the pit of hell is coming from is the worst pit of hell. In fact, if we go by the law, if we go by the law, every first child is holy to God. That's what the Bible says. Come on, look at it. Look at it. Luke 2.22 Every first child that opens the womb, whether of animal or of human beings, belong to God. If we go according to the law, it didn't say they are cursed. In fact, every firstborn, the Bible says, is holy to the Lord. And how come we're being taught today that firstborns are cursed, they need special deliverance. And these are the things that are releasing dirt, because even ministers are releasing dirt by their teaching to the congregation. Are, are you following this? Now, they are releasing death. Praise God. Okay, let's leave that. And to offer a sacrifice according to what was said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves of two young pigeons. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Glory to God. And this man was righteous and devout, looking forward for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. The description of this man is amazing. He said the Holy Spirit was upon him. Even though then the Holy Spirit had not manifested and could not stay in people, the Holy Ghost was upon him. He was a devout and a righteous man. He gave himself to the things of God. And he, he was looking forward to the consolation of Israel. That means he was actually looking forward to the kingdom. This man was kingdom focused. We are not t teaching long life for just the pleasures of this world so you can go and just do your own thing. Long life is for an assignment. It's for kingdom assignment. Are you following this now? It's for kingdom purpose. It's so you can be, be able to do everything that God has placed in your heart. Praise God. Now look at verse 26, which is very key because I'm talking about the promises of God's word will sustain your mortal body. If you get a hold of God's word, it will keep your body alive. <laughs> it will keep it alive. Praise God. Now, it, it, verse 26, And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord Christ. And so, and he came in the Spirit into the temple. <clears throat> praise God. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus... To carry out for him the custom of the Lord, he took him into his hands and blessed God and said, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bond servant to depart in peace according to your word. Observe that. According to your word. So, Simeon stayed alive because God told him, you are not going to see death until you see the consolation of Israel. So he says, For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence for all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles. And that's talking about us. And the glory of your people Israel. He says, Now your servant can depart in peace. Now what kept Simeon? What kept him alive? We don't know how long he lived. 
But why is it that it was impossible for this man to die? He's got a word from God. He's got a word from God. And that word was, listen guys, you are not going to die until you see this and this happening. That word was the sustaining power that kept Simeon alive. I don't care what would have happened. I don't care the kind of things that have gone wrong in Simon's life. If he had had a, a truck accident or a, a horse accident or has been caught in shipwreck, he will be preserved because there's a word hanging over his life. And what I want you to realize tonight is to see the power that is inherent in the word of God. That the word of God can sustain the life of a man. Oh, glory to God. That God's word to you can sustain your mortal body. It can keep life in your body. It can keep life in your body. And that's what happened to Simeon. God, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Verse 26. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see, experience death. Before he had seen the Lord's Christ. Go to verse 29. 29. Look at Simeon's prayer and confession when he held Jesus in his hands. Now Lord, you are releasing your bond servant to depart in peace according to your word. What that means is that if uh, Simeon had not seen Jesus, there is no way in this world that Simeon would have died. Do you have a word from God? I know you've got supplements, I know you do exercise, I know you rest well, I know you eat vegetables, I know you eat only carrots, I know you're a vegetarian, but do you have a word from God that can sustain your life? Those things are good to do in the natural, you do what you can do in the natural to keep, to keep alive. But listen to me, I'm teaching you tonight of the supernatural way to live long. It's by making sure that there is a word from God to your life. Now somebody say, well, the Holy Spirit hasn't spoken anything to me. Hey, come on, come on, look here, right here, the word, the word, the word, glory to God. This is God speaking to you. It's not just about the prophetic word that God is giving to you. The reading word is for us to act and believe. This is God's letter to you. If you would spend time on the word of God, if you would spend time meditating on the scriptures, glory to God, you will elongate your life. Praise God forevermore. You will, absolutely, you will. <laughs> you will. If you keep your eyes on this word. If you keep your eyes believing on this word, praise God. You will experience the life of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Go, go with me to, um, you know, I wanted to say go to Caleb. Go to Joshua chapter 14. Let's read about Caleb. Praise God. Go to Joshua chapter 14. The Word of God. Oh, the Word of God is interesting. It's amazing. I love God's Word. I love God's Word. You know, I love my Bible. <laughs> I love the Word of God. Praise God forevermore. If you believe God's Word, it will sustain you. It will keep you alive. Amen. Am I right with my scripture? Go, go, go with me to Joshua. Uh, chapter 14. Praise God. Are you there? Chapter 14. Go to verse 6. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Okay. Joshua chapter 14, verse 6. Then the sons of Judah drew near to Joshua in Gilgal. And Caleb the son of Jephunneh, the Kenazite, said to him, You know 
the word. You know the word which the Lord spoke to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Benir. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Benir to spy out the land. And I brought word back to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt with fear. But I followed the Lord my God fully. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Just as Simeon was devoted to God. Can you say this? Can you be bold to say, I followed the Lord fully? Man, this is, this is a courageous statement. This is a bold statement. This is a challenging statement. He says, man, I follow the Lord fully. And the Lord did not turn up from heaven and say, Hey, Caleb, it's a lie. <laughs> or like, hey, Caleb. Like, I mean, <laughs> you know, Caleb just like, you know, I follow the Lord fully. And all the angels just go like, Ooh, Caleb. <laughs> they didn't do that. Because it was true. You can serve God fully and you can be able to stand and say, well, I'm following God fully. You know, people say, well, you never know. You never know what uh, people who are serving God. If you are serving God, you will know you're serving God. If you're not serving God, right, you will know also. This man here said, I have followed God fully. And God didn't go like, hey, Caleb. <laughs> In Jamaica, I didn't go, Caleb. <laughs> no. If you are following God, you should be able to tell. And that's why I don't understand why people... I mean, I've said this all the time, but I don't understand when people think, well, on the last day, we don't know who is going to go. How can you not know? If your name is in the book of life and you have a word, a walk, and a word with God, you will know. You are a citizen of heaven, praise God. You are a citizen of heaven. You know your walk with God. Your pastor might not know, I might not know, your wife, your husband might not know, your children will not know. But right deep in your heart, in your conscience, you know if you're following God fully. Praise God. That was a bonus. Okay. Where are we? Um, verse 8. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt with fear. But I followed the, the Lord my God fully. So your brothers can, can also cause your heart to fear. You, they are Christians that if you sit and listen to them, you will be afraid that you think you're going to die soon. They, 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 they release fear per second. Okay. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your food has trodden will be an inheritance to you and to your children forever, because you followed the Lord my God fully. Moses said that also about Caleb. Now, behold, the Lord has let me leave. Look at that. The Lord has let me leave just as he spoke these 45 years from the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses when Israel walked in the wilderness and behold, I'm 85 years old today. Glory to God. Oh man, this is so exciting. This is so exciting. You know, when I was getting ready for Bible study today and we, I was telling my wife, I said, you know what? If you look at life and you look at, even if you say you want to live up to 80, if you live up to 40, and you just imagine, when was I 40? If you consider that maybe you want to die at 80, if you live up to 40 and you just look at, oh, that's the first half of your life. I said, you'll be amazed how you look back and you see you're 80 already. I mean, believe for something longer. It's not, it's not long. 80 is just here. Yeah. <laughs> it's just here. Yeah. Praise God. 
Don't set, listen, don't set your mark for 80. That's the minimum. Don't do the minimum. Why are you doing the minimum? Do a 90 or 100. Glory to God. Praise God. You know, some people say, yeah, what will I be doing here at 100? You know the reason why? There's no kingdom focus in their life. You know what? You know what? You know, I think, oh, well, let me say this. You know, I think a lot of people also die a bit early. In their mind, they have a goal. Once I'm able to have children, I've trained my children. You, you even hear people say that, right? They, they say that. Once I train my children, once I, I'm able to build a house, I'm able to, what am I living for? <laughs> Wait, ah, what am I living for again? What, what is life? Yeah, and they make that statement. To them, it's almost like a statement of, yeah, by the time I take this goal and take this goal and take this goal, I'm done. I'm, 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 I'm done. But if you had a kingdom purpose, if you had something you want to possess for God, if there is something driving your heart, if, I mean, you would leave. You would leave. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Look at this. Now behold, the Lord has let me leave just as he spoke these 45 years from the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses. So Caleb, I want you to see something. Caleb connected his living for 45 years to the word that was spoken to him. Caleb connected his living for 45 years to the word. He says, the Lord has let me live. How did the Lord let him live? Because the Lord, through Moses, gave him a word about a particular mountain that he was going to inherit. So what I'm teaching you tonight is that God's word to you will sustain you. Now, God might not speak a direct word to you, but when you start meditating on scripture, a word is going to come in your heart. And if you hold on to that word and meditate on that word long enough, you know what's going to happen? You'll live long. That word will be your sustaining factor. You will be involved in an accident, God, and I'm telling you, you will come out alive. And people wonder what made this man come out alive. The word. God's word is sustaining. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 11. But this is what I like also. I am still as strong today as I was in the day. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This is just amazing. That Moses sent me. As my strength was then, so my strength is now. For war and for going out and coming in. Now then, give me this whole country about which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day that they were the anarchy. Now, I, I don't want to go all of that. But you know what? Caleb is making an amazing statement here. He said, you know what? The Lord told me this when I was 45 years old. He says, I'm as strong at 85 just as I am at 45. He says, at 85, I can still go to war. Give me the mountain. I'll fight for it. Can you imagine an 85-year-old person as strong as a 45-year-old man? And he attributes that longevity and that strength to the word of God. That means it is possible for us to be 85 and have the vitality of 45. So that means if you are 45, you should have the vitality of somebody who is 12 or 13 year old. Can you see this connection right here? Can you see that there are things we need to begin to use our faith for? And we've got to use our faith for some of these things. 
Because most times in the body of Christ, for the long run, we've just been trained to use our faith for material things and a couple of things, but we haven't been trained also to use our faith where immortality and life is concerned. Knowing that the infusion of God's word into our, our life is actually, it can sustain our physical life. I'm not just talking about your eternal life. I'm talking about your physical body. That the word of God will keep this body alive, will keep it young, will keep it strong. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. I mean, I'm a living witness to what I'm teaching you today. Uh, I mean, I can count by my fingers the number of times I've had the symptoms of sickness. I can't, I mean, this is not judging you. This is about just challenging you. I can't remember. And I, and I said, I can't remember the last time I had to take an injection. I cannot remember. The last time I had to take an injection. Are you following this? I cannot remember in the last 15 years, thereabout, in the last 15, in the last 15 years, being on the hospital bed. And I'm not, this is not about saying if you go to the hospital, you don't have faith. I'm just telling you that this word works. It's, it takes diligence, but it works. Thank you, Jesus. You know, there are certain times sickness will come upon my body and I'll say, listen, I'm not taking any drugs. I'm going out it with my faith. But don't, you don't have to do what I'm doing. If, I mean, if you need to take drugs to get healed, go ahead. Take it right now and get healed. <laughs> Praise God. And, and I'm not, because you, you also, and I need to create a balance there because you have people who listen to this kind of message and they just go to their medicine shelf and throw their drugs away and say, I'm stepping in faith. Listen, listen, you don't start climbing steps from the top. Okay? So this is what I tell people. Take your medicine and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, as I take this, I know it's working in my body and it's producing a 100% result and I'm getting healed. Stay in faith and take your medicine and finish it. Is that okay? I I think I needed to say that to someone. Praise God. So you don't say, well, is that lack of faith? No, it's not lack of faith. The the, the doctor and, and God, they're trying to get rid of sickness from your body. They're doing the same job. Only that one is supernatural and one is natural. But the supernatural is always better. Praise God. There are no side effects to it. Thank you, Lord. Go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 25. Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 25. Are you learning something tonight? Praise God. The bolts of your gates will be iron and bronze. And your strength will be equal to your days. And it was the blessing. It was a blessing. As your days are, so shall your strength be. And I say that over my life every morning. Father, thank you. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. As my days are, so shall my strength be. As my days are, so shall my strength be. And you can believe for that. You don't need to look your age. You don't need to be as weak as your age. You can have strength. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you following this now? Now, let's go to John chapter 6. I believe you know what's in John chapter 6. You should know that. The Spirit gives life. And the flesh counts for nothing. I'm using the NIV. The Spirit gives life. And the flesh counts for nothing. The words. The words. That are spoken to you. They are full of spirit and life. And I decided to use the NIV version because I like the way the NIV version puts it. It says, the words that I've spoken to you are full of spirit and life. 
So, God's word contains life. God's word contains life. And as you keep feeding on the word of God, you're not just feeding spiritual life, and you're you're feeding longevity into your life. And that's why, you know, when we encourage people to study the word, meditate on the word, read scriptures, you know, stay in that spiritual atmosphere, people feel it's almost a struggle. It will be a struggle for you because the enemy wants to cut your life short. He knows if you get into the word, it's like you're immunizing yourself. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's like you're getting yourself fed. Praise God. If you look at the social media today and you read all what's going on, it's death everywhere. It's death everywhere. It's the news of death everywhere. And you think these things are not having an impact on your body? They are. They are because they will be releasing the spirit of fear. Praise God. They will be releasing the spirit of fear. And before you know it, if you're not careful, you become afraid of death. And the Bible says Jesus has come to release those who all their lifetime were subject to the bondage of the fear of death. The fear of death is a bondage that Jesus came to set us free from. Praise God. The fear of death is a bondage that keeps people or keeps people in the prison of fear and, and through that fear, the enemy gets into your life and begins to rot the structure. And so you've got to shut the door on fear. You've got to shut the door on fear. And Jesus came to set us free who all our lifetime have been subject to the bondage of the fear of death. Now, Jesus said, the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Praise God. Now, if you go to Matthew chapter 4, Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone. Man shall not live on bread alone. Some translation says, man shall not live by bread alone. Now, it says, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, I want to connect this thing here. When you eat bread, bread which stands for food, what does bread give to you in the natural? What does food give to you in the natural? It keeps you growing. It keeps you alive. We are alive because we're eating in that sense. If you don't eat, you will die. You will starve to death. Now, Jesus says, listen, the man is not designed to live on bread alone. Man was designed to also live on the word that comes out of the mouth of God. So, the word that comes out of the mouth of God is food for your spirit. And the Bible says, the spirit of the man will sustain him in the days of infirmity. That means your spirit can have impact on your physical body. If you have got a healthy spirit, if, you've got a, if your spirit is full of God's word, it's going to take care of your body. I challenge you, feed your spirit. Feed your spirit. Get into the word of God and feed your spirit. Look at this. Man shall not live by bread alone. So what bread is to the natural man is what the word of God is to the spiritual man. And that's why I discovered that when we receive the word of God into us, I mean, things begin to happen. Things begin to happen in our body. Glory to God. The spirit of God in our body will quicken our body. But I want you to see this, that the, the word of God is food for us. We can literally live on the word of God. You know, like, 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 Jacob, um, like Caleb said, 
I, God kept me alive by this word He spoke to me. Like Simeon said, I heard the word He said to me, now allow me to depart in peace. Because the word has come to pass. These people literally lived on the word of God. They sustained their life on the word of God. And these are not just vague, you know, oh yeah, yeah, I know I'm not going, I'm going to leave, I'm not going to die. No, 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 no. They, they got a hold. They got a hold of God's word. Praise God. And they lived on it. They got a hold on the word of God and they lived on it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And that's, and, and, and as you meditate, there are specific promises God is going to speak to your life. And those promises are going to connect you to longevity. The word of God will have impact on your body. The word of God will have impact on your body. Praise God. Are you still here? God's word will have impact on your body. And it will bring healing and wholeness and strength to you. You know, when you, when, you, when you start feeding on the word of God, sometimes it will look like you're burning, nothing is going on. It will look like that sickness is still there. That symptom is trying to discourage you. Keep feeding your body the word. Keep feeding your body the word. Keep feeding your body the word. And you realize one day you wake up, woo, strength and vitality has come up. Just as you encourage your children to eat, that's how pastors encourage you. Study the word. Do your morning devotion. What are we trying to do? We want you to grow up. We want you to have life on your body. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, let's, let's look at this right. Go with me to Romans chapter 8, verse 11. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. You realize the scripture says he sent forth his word and he heals them and deliver them from their diseases or destruction. He sent his word and heals them. Romans chapter 8, verse 11. If the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, so we know that it was the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And we know what that means. Jesus was literally dead for three days. Dead, dead, dead. But the Spirit of God raised Jesus from the dead. It was the same thing Jesus did to Lazarus. It means the Spirit of God can put life back into your body. I want you to see that connection. That the Spirit of God can actually literally put life back in your body. Now, let me, let me ask you the simple question. If the Spirit of God can raise the dead, can't the Spirit of God sustain the living? But you know, we are, we are battling with sickness. So we, we are not even taking seriously the mandate of Jesus that says we can raise the dead. And I've even heard some people interpret it that it's spiritually dead people. It's just fear. <laughs> you know, we, we, are, we are even battling with sickness. So we can't even start engaging uh, raising of the dead. But it's, it's what Jesus said we should do. And that's how you realize, um, I think last month or so, you know, <laughs> I was talking to a friend. And person said, I mean, if you hear that I'm dead... What would come to your mind? Or what would you do? What would be your first action? What would be your first reaction? I said, first of all, I won't believe the news. Secondly, I will. Come pray for you. <laughs> Raise you up. And it was, I wasn't just saying it. That would was, that was be my first reaction. No. I remember the story said by Andrew Womack. About his son who was dead for a couple of uh, minutes or hours. And they told him, your son is dead. And he said, you know what? Don't get them buried. Leave, them there. Leave him there. We're driving down. And all through the way driving down, he was just having this battle in his head. You know, at, you know when, when people pass on as believers, we should at least make an attempt to pray. 
at least, at, you know what? There's no harm. Why don't we just pray first? You know, but if, if somebody passes on and you say you want to pray, people are going to say, don't worry, it's okay, you will see on the last day, you know, it's okay. You know, it, it, we almost feel like it's, it's not, don't even consider it. It's almost like, listen, the person is gone. There's nothing we can do. That's how powerless we stand in the face of death. But that's not what God wants us to do. But if the Spirit of God can raise the dead, it can sustain the living. At least let's stay alive first. We're talking about how we can stay alive. Alright? In these meetings. And that's why we're doing this healing class. And the Lord is putting in my heart very big on the need to consistently do the healing classes. We need to constantly feed on this word. We don't need to just touch healing once, a, once in six months and go teach on other things. We constantly need to reprogram, recode, rewire these things. Re- use the word of God to reprogram our spirit in our body. Look at this. Uh, if the spirit of God who raised up Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies by the presence of his spirit in you. The King James Version says, if that same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead lives in you, it will revitalize your mortal body. What does it mean to revitalize? It will bring it alive again. Not just on the last day. The Holy Ghost can do that right now. The Holy Ghost can make you younger than you look. (laughs) It can change your DNA. Glory to God. You know, when... um, if a scientist right now <clears throat> goes ahead and says, well, excuse me, I've developed a drug that can keep you younger. You know what people are going to do? And they say this drug is 300000 naira or $1,000. You know what people are going to do? They're going to buy it. I mean, let oh, a bearded scientist come. He can hardly speak and just say, you know what? We now have a drug that can keep you for 100 years. It's just a thousand dollars. You know what people are going to do? Man, I tell you. People are going to sell their cars to buy the drug. That's the word of a man. Look at the words of Jesus. The God who created you. It's the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, it will quicken your mother body. What do you do when you read such a scripture? Yes, Lord, I believe. The Holy Ghost is on my inside and it's quickening my body. God is renewing my youth like that of an eagle and I receive it. Thank you, Lord. And I receive it. It's mine. Glory to God. I receive it. And you rejoice at that news. Praise God. You rejoice at that news. When you look at the mirror and it looks like some... No, no, in the name of Jesus. You're not denying your old age. You are superimposing the Spirit of God on your body. And this is faith. And this is the work of the believer. Praise God. Now, let's go to... You know, I've said the Spirit of God can, can impact your body. John chapter... Let's go to Acts chapter 28. Are you still there? Praise God. Acts chapter 28. Let's read a story here. This story is very interesting. I like it. I like it. I really, really like it. It's a beautiful story. Acts chapter 28. Amazing story of the life of God. 
A believer shouldn't die by poison. Bible says they will take deadly things into no hot them. Do you say that all the time? Confess that. Come and confess it. I'll take deadly things and it's going to hurt me. And you know why you need to constantly speak that word over your life? You don't know when you'll take deadly things. You know, most of us pride ourselves in how we can sanitize stuff and how we can keep things clean and all that. Yes, yes, a thousand times. Yes, it's good to do that. You can do that. We clap for you. But you don't know sometimes when you take deadly things. But you keep speaking that in Jesus' name. I'll take any deadly thing and it shall not hurt me. In the name of Jesus. I'm immune to poison. I'm immune to deadly things. Glory to God. Now, are you there in Acts 28? Praise God. Come on, read with me. Acts 28. Thank you, Lord Jesus. When they had been brought safely, it's talking about Paul, through, then we found out that the island was called Malta. Look at this. The natives showed us extraordinary kindness, for because of the rain that had set in, and because of the cold, they kindled a fire and received us all. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, a viper, and after this Bible study, go and read about how dangerous a viper is. A viper came out because of the heat and fastened itself on his hand. So the viper literally fastened itself on Paul's hand. When the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand. You see that? So the viper literally hung from the hands of Paul. So it was fastened on his hand. He said he saw it hanging from Paul's hand. They began saying one to another, Woo, undoubtedly, this man is a murderer. And though he has been saved from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. Karma is catching up. This man is wicked. Hey, of everybody here, why will a snake bite him? You know, and do you realize people feel that way? When a believer falls sick, they say, ah, why? He must be doing something. There's something wrong in his life. Why is he constantly sick? <laughs> it might not be. It should be an attack of the enemy. You need to take authority over and stop in its track. But I like how Paul reacted. However, he shook the creature off into the fire and suffered no harm. Oh my God. This is so challenging. This is so, so challenging. Paul didn't go, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And Paul didn't do that. <laughs> he didn't go, ah, yeah, I will not die. I will not die. I will not die. Paul didn't do that. <laughs> Paul didn't say, help me God. Help me. Oh. No, Paul didn't do that. Some of you wouldn't even bother to call you, call your mother, my mother, my mother. No, Paul didn't do that. He shook it into the fire. He shook it into the fire. But they were expecting that it was about to swell up and suddenly fall down dead. But after they had waited a long time and had seen nothing unusual. Glory to God. Glory to God. Nothing unusual happened to him. Praise God. Nothing unusual. Thank you Lord Jesus. Glory to God. They saw. That. Amen. I'm seeing this for the first time. Woo. Glory to God. They saw nothing unusual happened to him. They changed their minds and began to say that he is a God. Glory <laughs> to God. They said he's a God. Praise God. Woo! Glory to God. I mean, 
I believe that the whole world is waiting for this generation of Christians. Praise God. That will work in the power and in the glory and in the fullness of the Spirit of God. Oh, thank you Lord Jesus. Nothing unusual happened to him. And they changed their mind. They changed their mind. And they said, he was a God. He was a God. Oh, thank you. Man, this is so good. Woo, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's thank the Lord for a moment before we continue. Father, we thank you. Oh, we thank you, Father. We give you praise. We thank you. Shombre sister. Pray in the Holy Ghost for a moment and we'll continue. Oh, shamangatale braso stebenga barati hasoskede bahate. We receive this truth, Father. Hoste maneka sira kastombre gati hisda. Our minds might struggle with this, but we receive this right into our spirits. Yi koste bahate. Yi stunamahade. We, we believe it, God. We believe it. This is true. This is the word of God. Thank you, Father. I receive that in Jesus' name. Now, and, and you do that. When you read scriptures and your mind is struggling to like, oh, say, well, that's poor. Once your mind starts going that way, it's beginning to shift the responsibility of accepting the truth. You pray in the Holy Ghost and receive that thing in your spirit and lock it up there. Until your mind can, can comprehend it. Praise God. Okay. Well, I've never seen that before. I mean, it came so strong right now as I was teaching. This phrase, nothing unusual happened to him. I've never, and that's what I do when I study. When I study the Word of God and the Spirit of God highlights a phrase, I pray in the Holy Ghost, I receive it, I lock it in my spirit, I code it into my spirit. Praise God. And that's what I've just done. And you should do that also. Praise God. Now, uh, but if you go on, the, the, the scripture says, they began to bring sick people and Paul began to heal all of them. Amen. But the phrase I want you to pick is that they changed their mind and they said that Paul was a God. Okay. Now, John chapter 10. Go to John chapter 10. Ooh, our time is gone. Oh, let me see. John chapter 10. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you still there? Oh, hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. John chapter 10 verse 34. John 10 34. And, and, um, John 10, let's stay from verse 33. Uh, John 10, let's stay from verse 30. But you know, Jesus was talking about the sheep, right? He was talking about the sheep, John chapter 10 and all of that. He says, I and the Father are one. And the Jews picked up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered, I showed you many good works from the Father. For which of them are you stoning me? The Jews answered, for a good work, we do not stone you. But for blasphemy, because you being a man makes yourself out to be God. That's why we're stoning you. How can you say you're God? I mean, we want to kill you. How can you say you and your father are one? And religion will not fight you if you're doing all the miracles. But when you start teaching the sons of God who they really are, then people are going to come against you. Didn't Jesus say that if you love me and keep my commandment, I and the father will come and make a board in him, in you. Who lives in you right now? God and the Father lives in you. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. You've got one spirit with the Creator. Glory to God. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. If they check your DNA right now, it's the DNA of God. If they check your blood right now, it's the blood group of God. You've got to have faith. In the fact that you're born again and you're a child of God, you've got to have faith in that more than having faith in the fact that you came from one Mr. Okoro family and you people always have high blood pressure and you're expecting high blood pressure to come upon you. 
Praise God. Or you, you currently have, uh, well, uh, we always have hypertension in my house when we get up to 40. Well, change homes. You're not a child of God. You, come on, can we read something? John chapter 1 quickly. Come here. John chapter 1, praise God. This is exciting. Glory to God. John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him. And apart from Him, none came into being that has come into being. In Him was life. And the life was the light of man. The light shines in darkness. And the darkness did not comprehend it. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through Him. He was not the light, but He came to testify about the light. That was the true light which came which Coming into the world, and light is every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. Verse 12, but as many, go to God, I'm part of that many, you're part of that many. As many as received him, to them he gave the right, exousia, the legal right, to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born, not of blood, not of the will of flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. We we were born of God. We are sons of God. And we shouldn't just say this because we want to say some nice words. It should begin to hit our system. My body, I'm a son of God. And setting sickness and disease cannot get on my body. You get up every morning and say, in Jesus' name, the son of God has woken up. I'm an heir of God. I belong to the covenant of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. Go back to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Well, this is exciting. Praise God. John chapter 10, verse 33. The Jews answered him, For a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy. And because you being a man, make yourself out to be God. Jesus answered, Has it not been written in your law? I said, You are God's. It's there. I wrote it there. It's been there from the Old Testament. Because Genesis 1.26 says, We were created in the image of God. If a dog, if a dog gives birth, he'll give birth to a dog. If a cattle gives birth, he'll give birth to a cow. If a horse gives birth, he'll give birth to a horse. If a man gives birth, he gives birth to another human being. If God gives birth, you can't shut change that equation. He'll give birth to little gods. <laughs> Glory to God. That's why he's called the Lord of Lords. Well, the small lords there. And the king of kings. Well, the small kings there. Because we're now kings and priests unto our God. This is who we are. This is the reality of the truth. Praise God. Well, this is amazing, I tell you. Ooh, this is good. Thank you, Jesus. I love the word of God. <laughs> I'm telling you. Okay. Verse 34, Jesus answered, Has it not been written in your law, I said your gods? If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken. He called them gods to whom the word of God came. Now, now, now look at this. Now look at this. Go to Psalm chapter 8. Psalm, uh, Psalm 82. Let's look at that. I'm showing you. When they, when they called Paul God, this man is a God, they were in line to just saying what the Word of God says. And Jesus says, why are you stoning me? It's there in your Word. It's written there. If the Word of God comes to you, He imparts that God nature in you. Not just to live like Christ, but it will impact your mother body. We haven't exercised the faith of that into our mother body yet. 
That's why I'm teaching you this now. Are you there with me? Psalm 82. Look at this. Verse 5. They do not know. Ignorance. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. They do not know. Nor do they understand. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaking. They do not know. They walk about in darkness, in ignorance. They don't know. I said, you are gods. And all of you are sons of the Most High. Nevertheless, you will die like mere men. And fall like any one of the priests. Can you see that? He says, you're gods, but you will die like men. That means there is a way men die, there is a way gods die. He said, you will, you will, because you don't know. He said, neither do they understand. You know, when you start teaching these truths, people, religious people will begin to fight you all over the place. How will people not prematurely die when you spend all the days of the sermons you have to prepare teaching them about witches and wizards who is trying to kill them? You come to church, they are talking about who is trying to kill you. You watch films, they are... You're, you're watching who's trying to kill somebody in the film. You, you go on social media. You read about death all the time. That thing is inundating your life. You're saturating your life with death all over. And ministers are not helping. Teach people who they are in Christ. Teach them the power of God that is in them. Praise God. We have pastors saying, well, you've got to leave this compound. If you stay here, you're not going to succeed. The witches in this compound are marked. And you have the sons of God who are gods on the earth running helter scatter and looking for, for, for whatever, I don't know, deliverance or something. And we see people fighting, fighting to hold on to deliverance. This is deliverance for you right now. Getting to know who you really are. Have you watched the Lion King? You know, and Simba was running, and running, running from the territory. One day, he got a hold of who he is. He looked into the perfect law of liberty. He looked into the mirror of the word. He saw the word, and he was encouraged. He came back and took back the territory that his father left for him. That's who you are. You are a spiritual Simba. It's time to look into the perfect law of liberty. Keep your eyes on this. And as you look into the word, you are being transformed from that, from, from the image of the word you become that same image and before you realize it you take back divine health you take back long life you take back whatever the enemy has stolen from you but you keep your eyes on the word if you walk with mere men and talk like mere men you will die like mere men but you're not a mere man you're a child of god you are absolutely a child of god praise god forevermore come on are you blessed okay let's do can we do two more scriptures? Ooh. Uh, okay, let's, let's do quickly two more scriptures. Proverbs chapter 4. Thank you, Lord. Our time is gone. Where did all the time go to? Uh, Proverbs chapter 4. Let's do this quickly. Just give me like five minutes. Let's do this quickly. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 21. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. Verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my saying. Proverbs chapter 4. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart. This is your responsibility. And this is what people don't want to do. You know, sometimes people call the, the lines. You've got, you've got our lines there. If you need healing, you can reach out to us. We'll pray for you. Some people call the healing line. And we say, well, you know what? Get them these healing messages to listen to before I minister to them. Some people don't want to do that. 
They just want, ah, I just want you to pray. Listen, if you, if you would do this, even before I pray for you, you'll get healed. I'm telling you now. Paying attention to the word. Let's go quickly because of time. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them. And health to all their body. That word health is the Hebrew word mapay. Mapay. M-A-R-O-P-A-Y. It means health. It means a cure. It means a medicine. It means healing. It means remedy. It means deliverance. <laughs> it means yield. It means uh, a curable, something you can cure. God's word is deliverance. God's word is healing. God's word is medicine. God's word is a cure. The more of God's word you take inside, you, are, you can immunize yourself against sickness and disease. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay, the last scripture. Man, this is so nice. You know, one day I'm going to just have an all-night teaching. Just set everything and just teach you all nights. When you sleep, you can go to sleep. When you wake up, I'll still be here teaching. Praise God. Just do some all-night teaching. That's good. That's a good idea. All-night teaching. Praise God. I'll just be here with the lights and cameras and just teach God's word. I'm telling you. Ah, thank you, Lord. This is good. Luke chapter 4. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, that is our last scripture. Just hang in there. And get ready to be ministered. So if you know someone who is sick, someone who is sick, or you need healing, I'm going to speak God's word over you right now. Get you, sick, get you healed. Get that sickness out of your body. By the name of Jesus. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he's healing yesterday, he will still heal today, and he will heal tomorrow. Luke chapter 4, verse 38. Uh, thank you, Lord. Uh, let's, let's look at verse 38. Then he got up, Jesus, then he got up and left the synagogue and entered Simon's home. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from a high fever and they asked him to help her. So some people say Simon uh, Peter was the first pope. If he was the first pope, that means he married because we, we see his mother-in-law here. Okay. So now Simon's mother-in-law was suffering from high fever. So I picked this scripture because I know most of us within the Africa and the tropics, we understand how high fever works or fever, the way it works. From a high fever, and they asked him to help her. And standing over her, he rebuked the fever, and it left her immediately. He got up. She immediately got up and waited on them. Now, and, and then Jesus, uh, while the sun was setting, all those who had, who had any who were sick with various diseases, brought them to him, and laying his hands on each of them, he was healing them. Now, you know what I wanted to see here before I, uh, I close up? I need to close this Bible right now. If not, I'll keep teaching. Okay. <laughs> this is what I want you to see, right? This woman had fever. And Jesus stood over her and rebuked that fever. And the fever left immediately. Now, I want you to, to have this picture in your mind. If, Jesus, if, if this woman had fever and she went to the doctor, the doctor was going to prescribe certain medicines. Could, well, take this, take this, take this three times a day or take this or take that. Now, you know what's happening? This woman stood, Jesus stood over this woman and spoke words. And those words did exactly the same thing that this fever malaria medicine will do. God's word will heal you and it will keep you in health. Hallelujah. Now I want to do this. We want to pray right now. And in the name of Jesus. I want you to, if you are sick or you know someone who is sick. I want you, I want to pray for you and command that sickness out of your body. 
If you're sick anywhere, lay your hands on your spot, on that spot. And if you will, if you will uh, take the numbers on our screen and send us a WhatsApp or something, we will send a free healing confession PDF book to you immediately. Or you, or you put it, just get, get in, touch, in touch with us, we'll get you healing scriptures. But I want to minister to you right now. And I sense the anointing of God upon my life tonight for healing of sickness and diseases. And I want to speak over you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I release the life of God right now. Thou spirit of infirmity, I take authority over you in the name of Jesus. You come out of God's people. Their bodies are the temple of the living God. I release the anointing of God's spirit right now. And I command that it will effect a healing and a cure. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.